Hey folks, welcome to United We Stand, podcast for patriots. We are in the midst of a battle, a challenge. It never stops, it never ends. All of the information just keeps getting deeper, more insane, and so much to talk about. I have my guest again, Kat. Hey, what's going on? How are you? Oh man, I'm good. I'm good. I just, I like, I can't keep up with stuff, man. <laughs> Every time I turn around these days is like these, it literally like from one hour to the next, I open Twitter, get on the news. Um, and I'm like, my head right. is spinning. Right. I know consistently it, mm-hmm. uh, whenever I have an idea of what to talk about during the show, it just changes from moment to moment with everything just continuous, the insanity information, where do you start? Let's start with Tucker Carlson's. Uh, um, I, I tweeted this morning, arguably the the most important piece of journalism in a decade um, was his interview on Obamagate talking about Obama and the Russian hoax exposed. It is so good. And it starts with Susan Rice. And it's just so concise. It's 10 minutes long, less than 10 minutes. And it's just epic. It just goes down the list of mistakes that were made. Now, my question is, did they genuinely, genuinely think that Trump was involved with Putin in Russian collusion? Did they think that or was that just an angle they were trying to use to overthrow the, you know, the office of the new president? Like, did they really believe that? Because they had no evidence, none. So were they like, oh man, he's got to be working with Putin. He's got to be, we got to look into this. And then they just made these honest mistakes thinking that, you know, that they had every right to do so because this was the highest treason possible and Russian collusion and it had to stop. Man, you give a lot of credit to the people in office private prior to Trump getting in, man. I, I got to give it to you. I'm trying to be, I try to always put myself in other people's shoes. I always try to sit on the fence and say, okay, let me give these people the benefit of the doubt in every situation because I don't like to assume that, you know, when you and I first, first met back in the day, we used to have, we used to go back and forth because I used to say, that I just didn't believe there was this, you know, um, conspiracy Network, to people yeah. that were working behind the scenes to coordinate yeah. events. And, and right. now I'm realizing that was naive for sure, but I still like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Well, good for you. And that, and that is, I think that is a worthy ideal to hold on to and certainly keeps you from being so darn biased, right? I mean, it keeps you mm-hmm. kind of in the center and keeps yourself in check. And that's smart. Because, because Susan Rice, you know, she's the, she was the head of national security. Yes. And she says things that, are, are, that, that she knows as the head of national security, she must know, because she's the head of national security, that are wrong, that are illegal to say. But she says them anyway. She says them. She's, he quotes her in saying these things, and it's like... What do you mean? When she said it in public or when she said it under a deposition? No, she at, said uh, it. She said it... Um, hearings. In the beginning, I can't remember. I, can't, I have to watch it again. But regardless, she was saying, you know, um, she's basically saying, I am shocked because somebody who isn't, isn't meaning to have an angle to overthrow the presidency wouldn't say these things out loud. 
and she does. See what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, maybe she just didn't realize it or she felt like her cause, her goal, her, you know, her mission was way more noble than the law, maybe. Well, I think that's what you're seeing with all these depositions is that they uh, would say things in public, like Evelyn Farkas from National Security, mm -hmm. she would go on CNN and MSNBC and say, no, we know something. We know we got something. It's, it's there. Russia collusion, right? And then under oath, Trey Gowdy's questioning her and she's like, no, we didn't know anything. Didn't have anything. He's like, but you said nothing. So we knew nothing. And obviously it was, and this just goes beyond her. I mean, like Susan Rice. I don't, I didn't see the Tucker Carlson segment yet. Mm -hmm. I wish you would have told me that beforehand and I would have watched it because I watched it. I was watching uh, it this morning. Well, so before we got on. Okay. Well, the, the, and I have to admit lately, which I don't really, and I've even told you this, I, I, I didn't really watch Fox news, but they've been coming out with some good segments lately. Um, yeah. And they're, and to the, like you said, to their benefit, are they, did they just think was something was going on? No, it was, they were all conspiring not to have Donald Trump elected. And it was obviously, this is what this Obama gate is about, that they, from the highest level up, they were doing everything they can to make up. It sounds like from what this is being revealed and it's everything that everyone was saying from the start, like this is made up. This, this is not right. They, they're, they're ginning this information up. And now with all of these transcripts being released, you can go read it yourself. They had no reason to start these investigations. There was no hard evidence except for minor speculation. And that comes from now you, the Steele dossier, which was at, knowingly completely false and fabricated. And they were using They didn't that. even try to hide it. Well, they didn't. They didn't. Even they didn't try tr to hide it. They didn't. Tr they did, They they tried to per, uh, present it in the public as if they had something, but behind closed doors, which is being revealed, which they probably never thought would happen. See, that's a thing. Like, did anybody in that group sit down and say, "Okay, guys, what if we get caught? Well, what if these transcripts get released? <laughs> what if we get caught? What well, if I get indicted as the president of the United States and have to wear an ankle bracelet on my fucking foot because I don't can't leave the country?" <laughs> well, you know why. Because they, they thought never they were thought, in, that's right. They didn't think he was going to win. They thought she was going to win, and that would have been it. This was, and they would. But that's then it continued. The, the lies continued. Yeah, right they after, continued. as soon as he got, as soon as he was in, they were talking about like Peter Strzok talking about impeachment. Got to get him out. I wonder if now that you know that they're in the hot seat now, if they're thinking, okay, we better pipe down on some of this COVID mania. Because this is going to get found out too. Because what if Trump wins in 2020? We're going to end up in jail. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm too rational. Maybe I just use too much reason when I try to sort through uh, before I commit a crime. I don't know. I don't know. I think DC is in panic mode. And it's why um, they are really pushing the COVID narrative. Uh, they have to, and this is, look, this is all opinion. This is all what I'm, I, I, I think is going on. And I think a lot of other people agree. They have to keep pushing this narrative of, uh, and keeping the states locked down, keeping, keeping all of this in the forefront, making him look bad, right? First it was ventilators. Now, it was, now it's tests, like these impossible metrics that they want to um, uh, get him on and keep the economy from turning along while the information shows, well, they wanted to flatten the curve, right? Well, the flattening the curve was just about 
making sure the hospitals aren't overrun. And now the curve is flattened and, no, and they still don't want to open up. Now the impossibility is we have to eradicate the virus. It's like saying we have to eradicate the flu. It's impossible. And mm-hmm. I was just listening to, before I got on with you, the hearings right now with Fauci. And even he says, and it's, listen to him, he says in the vaccines, we, have no, we don't know how, basically he said it's not always going to be 100% effective. It's not, there's no guarantee that the vaccine is going to be effective regardless. It right. is impossible. I mean, just the regular this. flu vaccine is less than 45% effective. Completely. So it doesn't, it's, so my, my problem is that I, I, again, trying to give people the benefit of the doubt, how in the hell are people falling into believing this narrative for so long? I mean, I know intelligent people. I have relatives. I have friends. I have people who with way more education than I'll ever have in this lifetime who are falling into believing the narrative of CNN. And don't you realize how many people have died? And it's like, okay, you need to shut off your television and you need to start reading other news sources. You need to start looking at the math yourself. You need to start listening to other epidemiologists and virologists who are respected. I mean, I have been attacked more in the last few weeks than for the, during the election. I've been attacked so much on, I hate using the word attack, but I don't know another word to use. Um, but, you know, pe- people coming at me with the craziest craziest information just saying you know how could because i you know i'm you know me i'm vocal i'm going to post my opinion and my and also facts with it about vaccination and everything this is my area this is my wheelhouse and wow it's amazing how even like um robert gillibolian for example you remember him he was one Mm -hmm. of our guests on my podcast a while back biochemist extremely intelligent human being Oh my God, he, I couldn't even have a conversation with him because he started off with comparing my, my meme that I had posted with them with flat earther. And I was like, are you serious? Yeah. I was like, I'm not, you know, okay, well, let me just read you the meme and you tell me what you think. I didn't even think it was inflammatory compared to some of the other stuff I post, but basically I said, um, it's no longer okay for people who question vaccine safety to be labeled science deniers and anti-vaxxers. If you can't question science, then it isn't science. And then in the, in the thread, I say, have questions, ask me, or use these resources to gain more information. And I tag a bunch of people who are, of course, you know, have lots of information on vaccine safety, right? Wow. He came at me. um, Yeah. You know, questioning science is one thing, but using a YouTube video to question, um, to question existing science is the equivalent of a flat earther trying to say, wait a minute, the earth is flat or whatever. I couldn't even read past that line because I was so, I was like, I'm not going to have this conversation with a person. And he started off by saying, I really respect you as a practitioner. And I said, if you respect me as a practitioner, you can't start off by comparing my statement to a flat earther. So we're done. And that's the kind of stuff he, you can't even, he's not even willing to, to listen to the fact that actually, you know, my, the last 12 years of my life and Charles, Dr. Charlie's life, my husband have been working with a demographic of children who are literally vaccine injured, not because their parents diagnose them, but because they are work, they are being funded by a big pharma by the farm the the pharmacy company that made the vaccine that injured them they're on a trust and they're getting care because they're injured and this isn't one child this isn't this isn't a small population of Mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. this is a massive and growing quickly 
And I, not only do I have all of that anecdotal evidence, but there's proof now that, go ahead. You know, how, would you trust a company that has no liability to uh, verify the, the efficacy of a vaccine and safety? Well, I don't think many people know that the, that the vaccine companies are immune basically from any liability. They can't get sued. And if they do, it's such a small amount. I mean, it, the bill was passed in 1986 in Congress. They basically, because, so you can put a vaccine out there and not be sued. So you think that they are going to be uh, liable for or care for that they are completely healthy? I mean, there's too much information that shows they're not. Right. Um, but Gates' vaccines in Africa um, killed men and sterilized women, the HPV vaccine. I mean, this stuff is out there and you, you don't have to just hear it from me, but just go research this stuff. They right. are immune from this, from any prosecution. Um, so that bill was passed in 86 and Ronald Reagan was uh, the one who signed that into law. Right. And um, I ha again, giving people a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, um, is that back then vaccinations were there weren't a lot of vaccine injured that we knew of. And here's why. Because A, people were not, um, the, the vaccines weren't in combination to the degree that they are now. So they weren't doing these piggybacked vaccinations with multiple vaccines at one time, like MMR, like, they, like these different vaccines, they all happen the same day. And also they, the vaccine schedule is much bigger I think in the 80s, it was probably something like, I'm taking a stab at this, but I can guarantee you it's close, something like 30, 30 vaccines by the time you're two, maybe even less. I know when we were kids, it was like 12, and that was in the you know early 70s, late 60s. Mm -hmm. So now it's up to 87 by the time they're two, 87, maybe more. Some doctors are super, super crazy about it and wacko and do a lot more than that. So this is the problem here, is that these children are being overly vaccinated. Now, I'm not a fan at all, but I'm also not an anti-vaxxer. So if someone chooses to do, to do that, that's their choice. But it's, I, I encourage vaccine safety. Like you have to understand that these kinds of allergies, these kinds of the things that children are experiencing to the degree that they're experiencing them now compared to 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago is exponentially worse. I mean, worse, like, you know, the, the amount of children in a classroom that have peanut allergies compared to when, you know, 15, 20 years ago is obscene. You've never, you never even heard of a vaccine allergy. Now teachers have EpiPens in their desk. You know, you never even heard of getting on an airplane and being told you can't have any peanuts because we've got a peanut allergy person sitting on the plane. You just don't, that never happened. Why is that happening now? Because peanuts are all of a sudden bad for you? No, it's because our bodies can't tolerate certain toxins any longer because we're in this hyper autoimmune response constantly. And so this is, this is the problem here, right? So really, um, and then there's this other issue of, you know, the overprescription of, of baby Tylenol and the usage of acetaminophen has increased as well. Doctors are telling their telling parents to give their children acetaminophen for any damn reason. You got a sniffle, give them acetaminophen. Baby Tylenol, baby Tylenol, baby Tylenol. And we know that this reduces the production of glutathione in the liver, which then 
there goes the protection for the brain. The body uses the glutathione production to protect the brain from these things. And so when that glutathione barrier, if you will, is not there, those toxins get into the brain. Once they're into the brain, now you've got a child who gets a vaccine one afternoon. By that night, they're, they're not, they're, they can't even hold focus on you. And by the next day, you know, they're not verbal. They're not making sounds. Mm -hmm. They've reduced their ability to have motor function. And then it goes on from there. Or, or everything's fine. A week later, your baby gets eczema and you don't know why. Oh, you know, two weeks later, your baby has ear, nose, and throat stuff to the degree that they're on antibiotics for the first two years of their damn life. So it's these things that are being largely ignored. So when Robert Gillibolian and the likes attack me about this stuff as if I just sit around watching YouTube videos all fucking day and that's how I get my information, I just want to smack them. Like, how about before you start attacking me about being a flat earther, ask me why I know these things or why I have taken this stance like a mature adult would. Hey, why do you have this position? Tell me about it. But they don't do that. And that Agreed. makes me crazier than anything. Well, the, the, oh, the if you really wanted to use science and data against him, I mean, I, I've been like, I was researching this myself, and it looks like that 1986, when this Vaccine Injury Act came on board, that uh, when you if when any company can get their vaccine onto the CDC schedule list, um, it, it's interesting to note that all the vaccines that came onto that list in 1989, that that same year. Um, that there was an epidemic rise in childhood chronic diseases. So autisms that used to be one in 10,000 were one in 34. Allergies used to be one in 12,000, became one in 12 people. And so all, all these autoimmune diseases all went up because of vaccines. Was it just coincidental that happened something else? It was something they started eating? I mean, you look into just the, the, the farm industry and, and the budgets, the WHO, CDC, they all own patents. They're all, they're all, they market um, vaccines. And so if he wants to have a discussion about that, he should look into the, the history of this and all of the money that's being pushed around on this. I'm, I'm in agreement with you about this. Is it, you know, people say, are you anti-vaccine, anti-vaccine? Well, I loved what Robert Kennedy said. He goes, well, prove to me that there was a, uh, there was a, there's a health study on this and that it was placebo tested because it was saying that these, these aren't placebo tested and they're not given stringent health studies before they're released. And he also said, if you ask them, can you also show me a test, a data that shows the comparison between a healthy kid, kid who's been vaccinated, mm -hmm. that hasn't been done and one doesn't exist. And I guarantee you one will not be done. If it is, you would want to read that study carefully to see what and how they did it. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, to say, in agreement with you on this. So if they're waiting, waiting for a vaccine to come out, which is now the new thing, Right, we gotta wait for a vaccine. And Fauci is saying, "Well, there's no, uh, there's no conclusion that these vaccines are gonna actually work. This is being pushed. This is an agenda. Keep the economy closed. Unseat this president." Um, I loved it, and you, you and I both cheered this on yesterday. Elon Musk, mm -hmm. right? Uh, he's suing Alameda County. He opened his plant as of yesterday, and said, "If I'm working the line, if you want to arrest anyone, it better be me." Mm -hmm. Love right? that. Love that. Yeah. It. I'm curious about him, you know, as I was listening to his podcast with Joe Rogan this last time, his first, I listened to his first one as well when they got stoned together and then his stock dropped, like <laughs> yeah. he does not care. He's the ultimate honey badger. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. Right. So, um, he, uh, he's a strange guy, right? He's hard to listen to because he's not, he's not the most dynamic human on 
you know, you can't be perfect, right? You can't have everything. You can't be the world's genius and, you know, take us all to space and be a good speaker <laughs> and date supermodels. Um, anyway, I don't, I don't trust him because I don't trust anybody because I'm a, I'm a tried and true conspiracy theorist and I don't trust anybody until they give me reason to trust them. So, but, I, and I like what he did. And I like that it lights a fire because he has a huge following of people who are probably like, mm, I think, you know, and that he could, he probably changed a lot of people's minds about this whole COVID thing and made them feel like something's up. And I really like that. I like when people in power like that make these bold decisions that are very libertarian. I love that. And because um, it, it makes people think who are, you know, I'm just towing the line here of the, of the science person who's not going to leave my house, wear my mask, da, 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 da. and then, and then all of a sudden he's like, he says this and they go, Oh, you know what I'm saying? He's in, he influences people. And I like that. Well, he also, but he, he also, Oh, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt your thought? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, he also brings up data about this, about the virus and you talked about on Joe Rogan. about yeah. Right. And so he's not coming from a reactionary yeah. point of view. He really is thinking this out and looking at all the information Reactive. out there. And when you have mm -hmm. someone out there also cheering for civil liberties and the reduction thereof and criticizing the government's doing so after the, uh, the data is showing something completely opposite, that there's no reason why no business can open without being careful and following some guidelines. And, but he's pointing out obstruction, people that want to just do the opposite of following the data in the science. So when he does that, I cheer for it. I love it. Now, I agree with you. There's some things about him I would question. I don't love the fact he was talking about they want to put a chip in people's head. Because um, a friend but, of mine know, mentioned... If, go if ahead. that chip is going to bring back my eyesight, I might sign up for it. Well, you know, my a friend of mine mentioned... So I, I said the same. I said, well, he's not like Bill Gates who wants to chip you because he wants to surveil you and... Um, uh, keep track of you. Uh, no, I said this, like, he wants to enhance the uh, the human ability. Okay. I don't love the fact that he's, right. he's he helping to make putting low-level 5G satellites in, into space. That's an issue I have a, a problem with. So well. I investigated that, and I heard it isn't 5G technology. He said 5G is not realistic. to It, do, it doesn't work well in the area, in remote areas, because it needs That's right. really That's close right. antennas, Correct. like literally within the same block, like house-to-house -house type of antennas for 5G to work well. And these remote areas can't what are you going to hang them on trees? Like you can't, you know, so, so it's not a 5G technology. It's a lower, it's going to offer like the type of Wi-Fi and internet access that we used to have, you know, before the cancer causing one. Like the, <laughs> the DSL, that, like you're hooked on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, um, no, like, you know, that's obviously, uh, what's it called? Dial up, but like, yes, um, I know. I'm being facetious. like we have had, you know, for 2G, 2G, 4G. Um, and that isn't as, it's not great, but it's also not as damaging as the 5G that we know of. So I, I looked into it cause it was very concerning to me, especially of how ugly it is. It looks like there's just going to be this, you know, network of, of, it looks like a mesh uh, it looks like a, 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 a right, over, uh, right, encompassing, enveloping the earth. 
And that's scary to me. But um, he, he, in the first Joe Rogan podcast, he said like his biggest fear was singularity, you know, and combining mm-hmm. humans with the AI thing. But, he, but that's also what his goal is. So that's weird, right? So kind of I feeding AI him. with his technology. Yeah, and, he's he's at the forefront. He's right. at the forefront. But I don't know. I don't know if I trust well, him. Um, I but I do to, like what he did. Yes, agreed. So let me bring this back a little bit to um, the politics of the day. Vaccines. Well, and and vaccines. Because oh. I'm gonna. We'll we'll, we'll I'll, I'll transition into that because um, the first thing when I was just watching the uh, the Senate hearing with Fauci, and the first thing Fauci talked about was this vaccine by by Remdesivir, and and Remdesivir is being um, made by Gilead. I think there might be a few other companies, but they're the main ones. I think I may have said this to you before. Is that if you can see this, and I will show you share screen. Bob, 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 share. This is. Uh, can you see it? Yes, you can. This is NIH, mm-hmm. and the company that's making remdesivir is Gilead Sciences. You I can anything? see all your open open windows. Is that your Pornhub up there? Just kidding. <laughs> okay, I'm looking. Do I notice anything? What? Gilead Sciences, Gilead Sciences, Gilead Sciences. These are mm-hmm. people. This is NIH. Uh, financial disclosures of people that on uh, uh, work on NIH. Wow. There's, there's a few. Regeneron's that- on there. AbbVie. V. And this should just be telling you, and it's simply that there's money involved in this uh, because he's not talking about hydrochloroquine. Where is that conversation? There's so much Mm -hmm. evidence and doctors saying we have 90% success rate with this, um, but there's no money in it. There's no money to be made in it. And uh, listen to these senators talk about how Trump said, well, there's, he's talking about uh, solutions, uh, medications that have no, um, what did she say? The, Senator from Washington, of course. She said there's no ineffective uh, solutions. What do you mean ineffective? Un- un- they are effective. They're showing effectiveness, but they want to push this. And, and I think that's why I want to, uh, this podcast exists. I want people to know there's other information out there. There's other solutions. You know, I even told my dad, dad, if by chance this ever happens to you, and I hope it doesn't, request hydrochloroquine. <laughs> he goes, Hydro- yes, and the, the, and the Z-Pack. With the zinc, that is it. That's what you have to do. So it's so disturbing that this is where they're trying to hold off on a vaccine, a vaccine that's going to be ineffective and it won't work. And they want to keep the economy closed. You know, I think Eric Weinstein said it best. He said, you know, this was a quote for him. He goes, perhaps quarantine is easiest on those who enjoy being told how to upend every aspect of their lives through contradictory directives delivered with utter conviction by self-interested lying incompetence. Hmm. I like that. It's a fancy way of saying what I was feeling the other day. I was like, there's part of this scenario, once again, me on the fence, being able to see both sides clearly. There's part of this that feels like I'm, and it's an illusion, but like I'm taken care of. You know, like when you're, when I was a kid and I would get sick, I loved the attention that my mom would give me. I loved being cared for. I loved decisions being made for me. I loved that I didn't have to ask or that I didn't have a decision on what I was going to eat or what I had to do that day because my mom was going to take care of me. And there is a quality that some people keep in them that are like that for the rest of their lives where they, they like the idea of, you know, how, you know how many people I know who are not quitting their jobs? I mean, they're quitting their job. They're quitting their jobs and they're going to stay on unemployment for as long as they can because they're making more money. They like that. that. They, 
And some people want to go back to work. Even if they are making a little less money, they want to go back to work. They like the feeling of being productive and responsible in life. And then there's people who are like, I like the government making decisions for me. And maybe, and there's a lot of those types now because a lot of people, a lot of young people still live with their parents at a time when all of us had left the nest already. There's more of a movement of young individuals who are living with their fan, their parents, who are already adults, who have no desire to go out and, you know, conquer the world like we did when we were young, younger. And so this type of government control and government overreach feels good to them. Well, those they like the-, the idea of being cared for. Though, yeah, well, it's, it's interesting you say that. Those are the people that love that, that want the government to take care of them. Well, those are, admittedly so, those are the Bernie supporters. That Not just, not just. It's also people who are afraid. They're people who are like, um, they trust the CDC and the World Health Organization and their doctor. They trust them, you know, and, and they don't see, they don't see the hydrochloric option. Oh, it's so dangerous and we don't know. Are you kidding me? Have you ever seen an ad on television for a pharmaceutical drug and how dangerous these fucking things are? You know, may cause anal leakage and death within the first half hour of using it. Be careful. Okay, sign me up. I'll well, take it. Well, that's why that's the insert This hydrochloroquine it. doesn't even... Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the insert, the insert of any pharmaceutical has a list of things that could possibly happen. And the reason why they put that all in there is so they don't get sued. Because if you get something that's not on that list, then you can sue them. That's why they put everything down in right. there. And people like you and me look at that insert or that commercial and say, yeah, not going to happen. Other people are like, they don't even see that part because they figure if their doctor or their government or the CDC, or whomever is suggesting it, it must be fine. Mm -hmm. It won't happen Mm -hmm. to me. That was an unusual situation. And they don't stop and think also. They they also don't think, why aren't they giving me ideas for prevention? Why isn't my doctor saying, the only thing he's saying is you need to lose some weight. Maybe eat some more vegetables and start working out. Maybe that's the extent of a doctor's recommendations. They don't consider prevention. They don't consider these concepts of, prevention and that right there tells you they're not looking out for your best interest and yeah, they, when, you, if, when you know that this virus has hit people already and they've already developed antigens for it right antibodies which says mm-hmm. that your your own immune system can take care of this in most regards people who are healthy and why not then encourage people to develop your immune system because there's no money in it it doesn't there this is about control and money this is what this all comes down to and right. you know talking about the people that love being taken care of it is the tool of the left right now saying, well, let's give people more. We have to take care of them. We have to now create another bill that's going to take care of every single person. It, this is the strategy the left likes to use most, it's which they are, they are really grabbing right now and hoping it'll take hold. The altruistic. Yes, mm-hmm. we will take care of you. Don't worry about it. And it's so dangerous to, to, to live like that, right? You don't go, I, you know, personally, I've never, I don't trust authority unless unless I do some research on it. I got to find out. I, I don't trust their best interests that hard for us. I do not because when you just see that there's so much money involved no. in this. I mean, there you I'll go. tell you help. right now that the Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged should be required reading in high school because those books teach you more than anything how the people that come in the, in the, in clothed in altruism are the ones you have to look out for the most, the ones you have to really keep an eye on because they're the ones that are 
lying to you because most people do not come in, in, in clothed in altruism and really mean it. And that's what it seems like the Democrats do a lot. You know, they come and they want to help the, they want to help the downtrodden. They want to help the marginalized. They want to help the people who are disenfranchised. And that's just not true. I mean, there are a lot of them that, that do feel that way really, but ultimately it's, it's this, you get, they get this high out of saying that they're helping there. It's like, you know, like AOC, you know, I'm helping the less fortunate. And then the less fortunate starts to rise up and, and start to speak for themselves. And then she's like, stay down there. <laughs> I've got to have my platform. Stay down. What are you doing? And that's, that's like what I, how I see this, you know? Yeah. Well, it's always been that champion for the people that that's what you, you're fighting for, but yet the, all of their, all of their um, actions speak the opposite. It's all about themselves. It's never about that. That's just an age old leftist argument. We're doing it for you. It's all about you. It's all about the people. Now uh, there are people over history who have come forward with that altruistic message, but they also come forward with the message of think for yourself, like Martin Luther King Jr. He never would, he was never someone who was just like, look, we're all victims and you owe us. He would be like, yeah, we've been victimized, but guess what? We're going to, we're going to step up. We're going to hold our chins high and we're going to demand that we be treated fairly and we're going to use our own voices we're going to educate ourselves we're going to stand up here and show you that we are a formidable opponent not that go. we're victims that you owe something to can you imagine with all the shit that's going on you know with with um what do you call it you know with like the pronoun stuff and the the uh hate hate speech all these things Martin Luther King Jr. is rolling over in his grave. He's like, really? He's like, really? We're all going to crumble because of words? We've been through everything we've been through. We've been through the lives that Black people have had over the, the, you know, over the years, and we're going to crumble because of a word? Because of words? Words, I mean, words, words. Well, isn't, we're going to take position of victim. No, that is not Martin Luther King Jr. He was well, never like there that. There you go. Attack ever. on free speech. We have to curb speech, what people can say. And didn't yeah. San Antonio just do that? City council passed um, anti-hate anti speech law. You can't say Kung Fu flu right. or something like that and Chinese virus. That's how it starts. This is what you control people's speech. This is a very, very dangerous path to go down authoritarian rule they are telling you what to say and you have to listen to what they say and the people that go i want people to, i want this information i'm getting like you're dealing with people online mm -hmm. it's just like just go do a little more about beyond this who are these people why you know look at anthony fauci yes listen to him but find out look at where he's coming from look at whom he's aligned with and all the money behind it right and the history of what he's done you'll have a different perspective i'm not saying he's completely false like i'm listening to some of the stuff and he brings up things that you should be cautious of and rightly so he is a doctor but he's also playing in a larger pool a larger game of politics and money and he's dealing with people that pull his strings so he has to straddle the line and i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here and, mm -hmm. But anyone listening just on a cursory level is not going to know that, that, you know, what to take from him, what not to. It's, it's like listening with a critical eye, you know, ear. And I'm not saying I'm the person to do that. I'm not saying I have everything perfect. I question some of the things and I'm cautious that I know things that might be incorrect too. But I'm willing to, I'm open enough to know that if I, I'm, I'm open enough to listen to more information and correct myself, but I'm not about to go stick a needle in my arm with some stuff that's just unproven. I mean, I'm not going to go there. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Will I will I wash my hands all the time? Will I wear masks all the time? Probably not because I'm a healthy person. And if someone feels like they might get something, well, then just you stay home. Okay. I don't fear that. But that's my take on no, it. No, it's true. It's all part of this whole thing with um, making us do things like we were talking about before. You know, if people's internal organs were imploding and they're bleeding through their nose because of this virus in the street, it would be a different story. If, if the fatalities were much higher, if people were, you know, if this was much worse than tuberculosis and the flu, I mean, it would be different. But it, and we gave it its due. We gave it two months. We gave it its due. It's time to. It's time. You know. Well, how can um, you even do? How can you even depend on the numbers? I mean, when right. when you're when you're getting such false information and knowingly that it's being it's being um, puffed up the numbers, and they're mm -hmm. still talking about it as well. You know, we've lost eighty thousand people. Well, that's not actually. You've lost eighty thousand people, but you are going to have people are you lose them every day regardless, and they have flus and they have other ailments. But everything's being put under this one thing, and mm -hmm. you're using that as this tool to say, well, we can now, we have to put in our agenda moving forward based on this. Well, we can't open, you can't have schools opening, and businesses and must stay closed. But that, those, it's wrong data to go on. So who's then you have to ask, well, who's pushing this data and why? Because is it really about a pandemic or is it about something else? What's that something Nobody, else? Nobody, a lot of people don't want to see that. A lot of people don't want to hear that. You know, this is like, um, you know, family members of ours, I'm not going to mention any names, who are just like, people are dying. People are dying. And that, that's all they, they hear on the news is the numbers. And it's like, they are not questioning it. They don't have time. They don't care. They don't want to investigate further. You know, the, the, this movie, The Plandemic, came out and, you know, the first hit piece put on, on Plandemic by Forbes, I think it was. Well, it was probably Fact Checker from Facebook, but all, the first hit piece on the mainstream news was Forbes, I think. They put a hit piece on Plandemic and the, the reasons why you shouldn't believe it and how to push back against it. And it was literally listed on, you know, how to argue this point. It's making people, it, it took away the impetus for somebody to do the research themselves. And since Forbes wrote it, they decided, this person, whoever, all these people who saw that piece were like, oh, this is what I'm going to say from now on when people say pandemic, pandemic. I'm going to repeat this that Forbes told me to repeat. They never investigated it beyond that. Nobody read her. The, those people are not reading Dr. Judy Mikovits's books. They are not going beyond that documentary if they saw the documentary at all. And that's the kind of stuff that people are being taught through the mainstream news. So I don't know if you saw this, but the White House launches a tool to report censorship on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. If you suspect political bias caused such an action to be taken against you, share your story with President Trump. And it's an app. Too many Americans have seen their accounts suspended, banned, or fraudulently reported for unclear violations of user policies. The site reads, no matter your views, if you suspect political bias caused such an action to be taken against you, share your story with President Trump. But then here's what Twitter says. This is funny. A Twitter spokesperson responded to the new tool saying, we enforce the Twitter rules impartially for all users, <laughs> regardless of their background or political affiliation. We are constantly working to improve our systems and will continue to be transparent in our efforts. That was funny. That was really good because we all know what Twitter does. 
we all know that people come on there and but they shut down conservative leaning mm -hmm. Twitter accounts. Or and they never do that to or they'll liberals. take a trending topic like Obamagate and and uh, put Trumpgate up there instead when it trends mm -hmm. further. Obamagate. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was that. I was watching it happen. It got up to three million, and all of a sudden, it went back. It went down to one point two million hashtag. Uh, yeah, people tweeting it. I, I saw I saw uh, Project Veritas do the same thing to one of their videos uh, on doing it live. He was recording something live. He goes, "Look, look, Twitter just changed it," and you see the number was high, and then it just went automatically went down like half. He goes, they just change it in front of us. Look at this. I mean, they're just manipulating it in front of it and they're then hiding it. Well, look, it's no secret that these I want to meet I want to meet a person like that. <laughs> you want to meet the person that's doing oh, it? Well, yeah, actually, you know what? I have come to think of it. We had a neighbor here that lived next to us um, who worked for a video game like EA or something, uh, video game company. And his job was to could they created some kind of algorithm or something that censored kids who were playing live or people who were playing live on like xbox right they're, they're playing live and if someone said ah you stupid mother or whatever and like said something bad they they censor it it, it, it gets censored as these kids are playing so you can't there's all this hate speech stuff there's racial stuff there's all these things that that trigger the algorithm and then it, it censors you from being able to play like it cuts off your I don't know how it works but he was explaining to us how this works and I was like really that's what you do with your life you stop kids from playing video games who are calling each other racial slurs because that's what kids do that's your life like that's what you do for a living you stop people from hating you can't stop people from hating, pal. You can't stop people from Ooh, calling Oh, this is the, controlling the speech. Controlling the speech. This is the plan. I mm. hate to be so dire, but that is it. It, it. it seems as innocuous as that. Well, we got to help kids make sure they don't talk that way. We got to do it for the safety. We got to do it for other people. That's always the mantra. I mean, this is typical Marxist ideology. Control the speech. You control people's lives. And <laughs> I, am, I am beside myself when people just say, well, we got to do the right thing. Well, Freedoms, freedom of speech is put in there for a reason, all right? You can debate them and have a conversation about it, but shutting them down is not the way to do this. And you're looking at all these, these portals you were just talking about, Forbes, Twitter. There's only a small handful of people that control all of the media outlets. And you, and you have to – They all feel like they have to babysit the world. They feel like it's well, their they, job, an, they social all, justice warriors. It's an arrogance that comes with having money. You want, feel like you want to design it your way, and we know it better than anyone else. Uh, yeah, freedom of speech, that's just the Constitution. It's old. It's, it needs to be it's revised. Outdated. You've heard that. Oh, I heard that a lot growing up. Yeah, it needs to be revised. It's an old document. And uh, electoral college, yeah, it doesn't really work. Right, because it's just you don't like having anyone who doesn't agree with your point of view is in office. Unless your candidate wins, and then you love it. That's it. That's it. I mean, you look at, okay, that's a good point. Look at what's going on right now with these investigations. So you got the, you have all this information coming out from about the DOJ, FBI, all complicit legal FISA warrants that are showing beyond a shadow of a doubt that this whole thing, this Russia collusion, this investigation, this idea to get Trump out was all potentially and pretty explicitly a farce. Right. And you're showing that people involved in this were complicit and they broke the law and they used the levels of government for that, which is illegal. And what is the left saying? Got to get Barr out. He has to resign. Stop these investigations. 
Really, you were all about investigations when you thought perhaps Ru Russia was involved in this. And now that Russia may not be, and it might be you guys that did this, you're saying shut it down. That mm -hmm. is the hypocrisy, and that is the danger. And I see this being, if you magnify that behavior, which is what they want to do, it is total control over your life, what you see, what you do. I want free speech. I'm willing to fight for it. Freedom, they mentioned this. You know, I'm watching all these videos of people posting, you know, cops arresting people for being outside a, a girl a lady well a mother what is her daughter she was protesting by herself with the sign and they would and they pretty much took her away and she's like oh I, in I, australia you yeah. saw that and kid that was canada my take is this being a patriot yes you always say, i'm going to defend my country till the day i die with every blood and ounce of my soul okay but you have to do it in these smaller incidences that happen when you see a person like that yes hold your camera up but 10 and 20 people should be right there pushing back. Like you're not mm -hmm. taking her away. You're breaking her civil liberties. We won't stand for it. And I watched this kid being taken away. And he was sitting on, he was, he was sitting up, uh, he was sitting down, four cops around him, people all around him in the outskirts, and they were talking to him. And he goes, why are you, he goes, I'm by myself. Why are you bothering me? For he goes, look at everyone over there. And they took him away. That's when you go, everyone, okay, patriots, get together. And 10 20 people should be right there saying, we're not allowing you to do this. That is what protecting your rights in your country looks like. Mm -hmm. It's not doing it with violence. It's doing it with pushback. And when you see someone And knowing being, your rights, you know, um, I, I think, you know, uh, when they sometimes, you know, just because they're police officers doesn't mean they're intelligent. They may not even realize, like they, when they hear it, when they hear that they're violating your rights and this is a lawsuit waiting to happen and you'll probably lose your job, that kind of talk, mm. you know, that kind of legal support, that kind of legal fight back. Um, I sent you a video from a guy who was coming back from the Huntington Beach protest or going I saw to that. You know, he did a really good job, even though his, uh, his, uh, I think his, and I'm just being honest here. So you have to be careful with the profanities because you can get arrested for being belligerent. You can totally, that they can say, you're not allowed to verbally abuse me either. So I can arrest you. So you have to not do that. But you can certainly, you know, um, say, look, you know, you're violating my rights. I've done absolutely nothing. And this is a lawsuit waiting to happen. And you will be at the top of the people who loses their job. So you need to back off and you need to do that without profanities. And with I agree. I agree 100% from the start. I should say this. I respect officers and I would give them the proper respect and talk to them like a human being. I, I saw mm -hmm. that video of the, that, that one guy yelling at the cop in California that you yeah. reposted. I liked what he did, but he was really going after him and cursing a lot and i would yeah, have just have done him. i yeah and i would have gone about it a different way with saying look exactly these are the rights this is what you, i respect what you do and what you're doing however you're blah, blah 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 go from there yeah you can have a conversation with someone and i've had conversations with police officers before because i respect them first because what they're doing is not easy work i give them credit for it mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to do it because uh, you're dealing with a lot of people you don't want to deal with in it's society. It's a thankless job. It's a thankless job. And um, I grew up, you know, my dad was military police, and then he was a, a deputy sheriff in Santa Fe, New Mexico. My dad has been law enforcement through military and through civilian, and he, his civilian life. And um, I have tremendous respect, but I also have tremendous respect for the Constitution. And I also have tremendous um, 
respect for my own rights, you know, and you have to know them though. You have to know them. You cannot go out to a protest. First of all, don't take your kid with you, please. If you're going to go protest, expect there will be violence. Always, Mm -hmm. always expect there will be violence and do not take your child with you. I just don't believe that. Get a babysitter, figure it out. Do not take a a kid to a protest. You're risking Antifa types, you're risking people throwing stuff. You're risking agent provocateurs that just that that under the guise of they're yeah. your friend and patriot, but they're doing there to disrupt. Tear gas. Imagine your child being in the midst of that. You just don't want to do that. So she took her kid to that. The Australian woman took her kid to that protest, and that kid is traumatized. That kid's going to need therapy. You know, they took they they ripped that child from her That's his mother's disgusting. arms, and. As wrong as they were, I don't know what she was thinking, taking her kid to a protest. I just think it's crazy. But it also wouldn't have gotten the tension that it got. So, you know, you have to make better decisions in life, I think. Um, I some ground. Well, you know, I, it's interesting. It's funny because I didn't really want to go that way um, with the vaccines, but it went that way. Um, and there was there's certainly no it's okay there's more to talk about it because more stuff that I did some research on the vaccine companies and Mm -hmm. anyone should just go listen to there's a lot of information out there you know that's interesting I could say a lot of information out there and they can go well I could find this information that shows it's wrong perhaps you're right you know you it's like where do you where do you draw the line I guess I go from people I trust they don't have any financial interest in it Mm -hmm. and um, yeah that's a big question what do what do the people involved have to gain you know, what does Judy Mikovits have to gain? You know, she, she already, she lost not, her life. Right. She's not part of the pharmaceutical industry. She's not making money that way. She's and- bankrupt. She was bankrupt. And, uh, you know, once her, once she was jailed, she, once this book rolls over, blows over and this COVID blows over, if it ever does, she's not going to really be able to get a respectable job in any place because she's been blackballed. Her life's over in a lot of ways she all she has now is her is her book her books and you know, of course all the people that believe in her but what do people stand to gain i read that fact check on her mm-hmm. and that spin is they did a great job on spinning it because you read that you walk away going oh wow that 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 documentary was completely inaccurate like one of the things they said well she said she wasn't convicted of a crime and then they show, well, no, she was convicted with a felony. Here's the police report and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the sentence, and the charges were dropped. Well, she said that she wasn't convicted of a crime, which is right. Right. So they tried to spin it as if, well, she didn't include this, which makes her look wrong. And that was just on that. And then they said, well, you know, she talks about vaccines and coronavirus. Well, this doctor says, well, it's completely crazy. Well, I don't know who that doctor is, mm-hmm, I, right. you know, and I have to go research that. And I think that's funny. I think I want to go do that is, is go over that pandemic, um, fact check and just go over it piece by piece. And fact check their fact check. And fact check their fact. You know, it takes that much effort to do that. Sure does. And most people that are watching this and most people that are just going about their lives don't have time for this. And that's why you hope to trust right. the people or are, are, have your better interests. But they exactly. don't, man, especially when it's just a few people that run it all. If you have fact check run by Facebook that knowingly censors people, why would you trust them? And now they just hired that professor, Professor Harlan, to uh, head up the, uh, uh, the censorship department. Professor Harlan was at the impeachment trials that was talking against Trump in the administration. I heard her, and she was horrible. I, 
I was like, this person is so biased, didn't speak any truth, and now she's hiring a professor from Harvard, the censorship, the Ministry of Censorship at Facebook. Does this sound yeah, the Ministry familiar? of Censorship? Does that yeah. not sound like Stalinist Russia? Well, I call it the Ministry of Censorship because that's oh. exactly what it is. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm making the, equi the equivalence to. These are, they want to go to this area of full control, control all the speech, control the actions, the information you get. That's why they're taking down videos from like Michael Vitz. That's why they're censoring London Real now because he's having doctors on there that are going into the narrative. The doctor Erickson from Kern County, they've taken down his videos and he's just a doctor giving data and the data goes against the, the narrative of the WHO and the CDC. He's like, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing in data and that the death rates from they're saying is not what we're seeing. And he goes, mm -hmm. granted, we are just one area of the country, but to say that we're having lockdowns for everyone goes against every aspect of, uh, of virology and everything, epidemiology. So all of these people are being shut up, as you know. Is mm -hmm. that, if, if you don't trust it, if you want this stuff to be like a flat earth theory, if flat earthers, why aren't they taking their information down? If right. that's incorrect information, so, why are those so videos still on there, right? Because I mean, they, okay, as a devil's advocate, that, yeah, I guess I, I would say because too many people are believing it and now they're, protest, they're going against the recommendations of the CDC and the World Health Organization, so they're doing things like not wearing masks and they're endangering other people's lives. That would be their, whereas a flat earther can think all they want, it's not going to endanger anybody's life. So that would be why I think that they're defensive. Yeah, because that narrative doesn't hurt anyone. However, they're, okay, then they're taking the authority of we want to, we want to take care of you. We want to make sure that you don't hear that information because you, we don't want to hurt you. Well, then you're putting them in control of your safety. That's not what a free society is about. It's that you taking both sides of the information and making a choice for yourself. You don't want someone else telling you what to do. I don't want Facebook telling me what information I need to hear because they think it's the best. Well, the authorities say that. Well, the authorities are corrupt. They're already in line with the pharmaceutical industries. Do we need to go down any further line of mm -hmm. thinking with that? Flat earth right. theory. There's no money involved. Let it stay out there. Let the kooks figure it out for themselves. If this information wasn't harmful, let us figure it out. Right. And then you can make a video right. saying, well, this is what we're saying. This, you could have your fact checks out there and let us decide. Mm -hmm. But taking it away means we can't decide and we have to listen to one source. That is dangerous. And that's why we have yeah. this podcast. You know, do we stand Agreed. people? You know, do we stand? That I just go off. <laughs> I, I go on a tirade and I that feel That was like great though. No, that was great. That was great. I did that in the beginning about vaccines. No, that's important. You know, I think that's the passion that people want to hear. And it inspires them to know, to put words to some, some people can't put words to this stuff. Some people don't, you know what I'm saying? They're so busy and preoccupied with other things. And now they're having to pay attention to this. They feel a discomfort in their body and their soul. And then when they hear people like you go on a little tirade like that, they go, yes, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm feeling. I don't like this. Yes. So let's go back to, let's end up on this since we talked about vaccines and we got to be careful. Because I know people, there are parents out there that are, are going to have kids or right about the time where they're being recommended for their, the schedule of vaccines. And, you know, I kind of listen to people that say, if I had kids, he goes, I, I wouldn't do it right away. I would only do it for vaccines that are probably not on the schedule that have been tested and that are, 
you know, it's making it a choice. I don't know. I, I'm not saying you should listen to us and go, don't get your kids vaccinated. Here's what I suggest. Yeah, I'll let you take that. Go to um, Dr. Tenpenny and vaccine safety and research these. these um, you can find out all about vaccine safety. Here, let me just tell you in case anybody's listening that wants to know. Um, Okay, so you can go to uh, Vaccine Freedom, Children's Health Defense, The Truth About Vaccines, uh, Dr. Tenpenny. You can look up all that stuff and they're going to give you, um, and including Robert Kennedy Jr., and they're going to give you advice and guidance on how to choose and what to do and, you know, to maybe like avoid the hep, um, the hep, uh, hepatitis vaccination, hep B, because it's, um, you know, only, there's no reason to give an infant hep B, right? And uh, there's a lot of things you can do. You can also listen to my podcast, which I have an expert on there who has children who she vaccinated and didn't vaccinate. She's got three children. Right. One of them had, had, was vaccinated completely. The other two were not vaccinated at all. And she talks about their lives um, until they're preteens and how that, what that was like. Um, and that in my podcast is stuff your doctor should know. And it is podcast number, hang on, give me a second. But she goes into details on how to do it safely. If you're going to, how to protect yourself, what kind of supplements to give a child when like uh, to help restore their glutathione, to not ever give your child acetaminophen after a vaccination ever, ever, mm. ever, ever, ever. ever. If they get a fever when you come home from getting vaccinated, do not give baby Tylenol. Do not do it. Um, sorry, I'm almost there. I just have so many. Um, yeah, we're not telling you what to do, but you should definitely look into it for sure. Here we go. It is podcast number 40 and 41 with Rachel Lazenby. And um, again, my podcast is Stuff Your Doctor Should Know. And she gives detailed information on how to do it safely if you're going to do it at all. Yeah, I like uh, Robert Kennedy, too. He's very good in what he talks about. He did a lot of research on it. And mm -hmm. his, even Children's his own, health defense. Yeah. And his own family came out against But he even says, I listened to a podcast. He's like, we fight all the time. That's our disagreement. We, we all do that. But we still love each other. We go to gatherings. Mm -hmm. and, but we can always and he's not an anti-vaxxer. He says that, right. And I, Mike Ovitz says it too. She's not an anti-vaxxer. Right. You know, give me an interferon alphas, which is no longer made for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, Merck stopped making it, hmm. right? Okay. Know. Anyway, I can keep going on. We can keep going on about this. Um, stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to get more in, in depth and detail about what's going on and try to cover as much information. I hope you enjoyed this, and I love chatting with you, Pat. It's always stimulating. And always fun. Do it again. Cool.